What's up, Don Nation? My name is Wyatt Troy, and I want to welcome you to this very, very, very special episode of Behind the Dot. What time is it? It's like it's like freaking 12.05 a.m. This is just a couple of hours before this episode is going live, and I got so many things for you, so much value to bring to you, so much content to bring to you. Let's get into it. First off, this is the first episode of three that is coming out this weekend. We've never done that before. So we have this episode that's coming out. Um, it will be Friday when this comes out which it is Friday right now. Anyways, so this is episodes coming out on Friday. We have another one coming out on Saturday and then finally a third one coming out on Sunday. Why would we do that? Why would we put out that much content? Do we have a big announcement of some sort? Is it because it's Halloween weekend? What's going on, Wyatt? Why all, why all the content? What you, what you saying? It's a good question. It's a great question. You have the best questions, by the way. I've missed uh, having discourses with you. That sounds weird. Anyways, the reason why we are releasing this much content is because we are launching this course that we have been working on for two years years. Oh my gosh. It's taking so much time. Anyways, we've been working on this course for two years. It's finally coming out today, this Friday, and we wanted to do something really, really special with it, okay? Also, it's Halloween. We're having a big Halloween sale with it. We'll get into that in just one moment. But today, we are going to be putting out an episode with Crywolf. Now, listen, if you don't know who Crywolf is, what are you doing? Where have you been? If you don't know anything about Crywolf's like crazy cult following that he has. Oh my gosh, it's incredible, okay? This guy creates some of the most authentic, some of the most real, some of the most soul-wrenching music I've ever heard in my life. And a couple of years ago, we became friends, went four-wheeling together. It's been a great time. But one of the biggest things that he brought up to me when we were hanging out and we were having a good time was his passion for creativity. One of the biggest pains that he has went through in his life is that there's been times when he couldn't be consistently creative. There's times when he sat down at the DAW or he picked up his instrument or he went to go write lyrics and there was nothing. Of course, there was times when there were some things and that was blissful, that was amazing, he enjoyed it. I'm sure you've experienced some of the same things. But there has been many, many times we sat down and he wanted to create, he had this insatiable desire to create, but there was this very real block that was stopping him. And he didn't know what to do. He just had to wait for the muse to come, right? And when it did come, it was beautiful, it was amazing. But how can someone build a full-time career off something that works randomly, right? That is the big question. And so for years, for basically a decade at this point, he has been trying to find a system, a way to be able to snap into that flow state at will. Now, if you listen to most of the music industry, most people would say that's impossible. That is not a reality. You just have to wait for that creative flow state to come upon you. And when it does, you have to rush to your DAW or to your guitar or to your notepad or whatever and just let it flow out of you. And then when it's done, it's done. You just have to go back into your life and you are left to the mercy of chance to some external force that is holding your creative juices. And then when they are bestowed upon you, you leverage it. And for you know, the other 80% of your life, you're just sitting there banging your head against your laptop against your guitar, against your tambourine collection, antique collection from your Aunt Mavis. I don't know. That's weird. Anyways, to him, he's like, there's no way that this is possible. There's absolutely no way that this is possible. There has to be a way to be able to tap into that creative state at will. And so for the last decade, he has researched and tried and tested, and he has found his system to snap into his flow state and create 30 songs in 30 days. When he told me this, I was like, Justin, are you sure that's possible though? Are you sure that's a real thing? Lo and behold, he presented a system to me. I was blown away. I was flabbergasted. I was like, this works? He's like, dude, this is how I've created my last five albums. I've given it to tons of my creative friends in LA and they've all tried it. They all said it worked. I mean, dude, there, there is no doubt that this works at this point. If I want to create a song, if I want to create an album, I do this. 
And it's to the point where I can create 30 songs in 30 days. I'm like, are you, that's like a year's worth of music, dude. He's like, yeah, I know it works. And so after revealing this to me about two years ago, we went on the entirely huge, enormous, completely hyper complicated path to filming an entire course where he breaks down his system and shows you how to apply his system in real time. Which, by the way, this is like giving this system to you on a silver platter, okay? So this is someone, imagine if 10 years ago, Crywolf came to you and he's like, hey, I'm about to dedicate the next 10 years of my life figuring out how to be creative at will, figuring out a system that works every single time. And then after I figure it out and I create a whole bunch of music with it and I release that music and I create a cult following off of it and I have a thriving music career, then I'm going to film the entire thing. I'm going to film the entire process. I'm going to reveal everything, all the pitfalls, all the secrets, all the tips, all the tricks, all the strategies, all the techniques, all the everything. And I'm going to present it to you so that you could have this system for life. You don't have to work for it. All you have to do is sit in front of your computer, watch the videos, apply what's inside of the videos, and you can use my system. Would that be okay with you? Are you kidding me? 10 year old ago, you would be like, what? Seriously? Yes, please. I would love to do that, right? That is exactly what we have done. Oh my gosh, it's been taking so much time, but there's so much juiciness inside of this. So as a fun little fact, the course has actually been done for about a year now, right? And for the last year, we've, pre we've been presenting it to our friends and our colleagues, and we've been having beta testers go through it and so on and so forth. And the feedback is incredible, by the way. It's, it's absolutely insane. Anyone that's from an absolute beginner that barely knows anything about music creation but really wants to get into it, all the way up to people like Yoltron and AU5, the more mid-level producers like Sayazon and Daddy, and basically anyone that's at any stage of their producer career, we've given this to. And all of them have said the same thing. They're like, this is incredible. Because frankly, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're brand new or you're a veteran and you've been doing this for like 10 to 20 years. Everyone eventually struggles with writer's block. Everyone eventually sits down and they're done. They're like, oh my gosh, what the frick do I do? What is the next step? right? Why can, Why was I uh, creative a week ago, but now I'm in, down in the dumpster. People have been like, oh my gosh, this thing is going on in my life right now. And I'm flowing with inspiration. Or they say, oh my gosh, this thing is going on in my life right now. Where is all my inspiration? It's gone. It sucks. What the heck is going on? This system fixes that for life, completely destroys it. You never have to worry about that ever again. Think about what that would do for your career, by the way. If you could just snap into your creative flow state at will, anytime that you wanted to, didn't matter where you were, didn't matter what equipment you had, didn't matter what DAW you have or what plugins you do or do not have, or it, it did not matter. You snap into that state at will. What would that do for your career? What would that do for your life, okay? So over the course of the next couple of days, I'm going to be presenting episodes with snippets from the course, all right? So today, it is going to be the first couple of videos inside of the masterclass. So it's actually Crywolf himself explaining his system, explaining how he got to the point where he developed his system and what it has done for him and why there is a need for a system in the first place. And then tomorrow, which is Saturday, I'm going to be presenting to you a video that I forgot existed I actually filmed it about a year ago, and it was going to be the checkout video for the Cry-Wolf Masterclass, but I actually forgot about it and made a new one. And then I found this one. I was like, actually, this one's like really good. I wouldn't use it as a checkout video anymore, but I was like, there's a lot of good juicy nuggets inside of here. 
I actually want to show this to people because otherwise it's just going to sit on my hard drive and it's never going to be shown to the world. So I'm going to be presenting that tomorrow. And then on Sunday, there is this entire section in one of the modules inside of the Cryo Masterclass. And it is so good. And it's specifically for producers. And what it is, is we talk about what are the biggest pitfalls that producers go through. And what are some of the biggest things that he went through and the biggest things that he learned along the way that could truly help someone that wants to be a full-time music producer. And that's going to be coming out on Sunday. And so that's the schedule for the next couple of days. But of course, if you want to join the Cry Off Masterclass, like I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, we are having a 40% off Halloween sale. Okay. And it's, oh my gosh, to just just so you know, to get to the point to convince both of us to bring the price down by 40% is ridiculous. That is That never happens ever. Like, oh my gosh, it's crazy. But we somehow convinced each other. And so guess what? It is live right now as you're listening to this. You can head on over to donation.net slash Cryolf Masterclass to join the Cryolf Masterclass for 40% off. So if you are ready to learn Cryolf's step-by-step system for unlimited musical creativity and learn how to create 30 songs and 30 days while also getting seven extra bonuses, mind you, because of this extra sale, which is crazy, and getting a 40% off discount. If you want all of those things for the next three days, so from October uh, 29th to um, October 31st, you can join the Cryolf Masterclass for 40% off. Just head on over to donation.net slash Cryolf Masterclass. But after the 31st, so on November 1st, it's gone. It, the price shoots back up. And the only way that you can get in is by paying the full price. I can't promise that the bonuses are still going to be there after the sale is done. So if you want to do that again, head on over to donation.net slash crywolf masterclass. So with all that out of the way, let's get into this week's episode. Again, this is where you're going to be listening to the first couple of videos from the Cryolf masterclass. So you can get a feel of what it's about, how valuable it is, how Cryolf found a system, why a system is important, why everyone should have a system for creativity, so on and so forth. And so with that being said, let's get into today's episode. My name is Justin, and I go by the moniker Crywolf. Throughout my entire eight, nine year career, I've been obsessed with this question of where creativity comes from. What is the origin of this real creativity? And not just overall creativity, but specifically this type of creativity that seems to dig deep down inside of you. That flow that so many artists know, where suddenly you're creating things and you're not even thinking about them. You're not doing A plus B equals C. You're just creating from this visceral place and you don't even necessarily understand where it's coming from. For years, I've been fascinated with figuring out where that comes from and how to access it on a regular basis. This system is the summation of everything that I've learned over the course of the last eight years. All of the ideas that I've read, all of the strategies that I've come up with, and all of the systems that I've put in place to dependably over and over again, access those deep waters of creativity and bring them up to the surface. Throughout my childhood, I always wanted to be an artist. I always felt so deeply moved by music in particular. Like I had such 
a deep emotional tie to music. So many different songs that I would listen to. I had these entire like music videos in my head to them. I mean, it was throughout my tumultuous emotional youth. It just music was really the key thing that got me through so much of it. So throughout all of my youth, every time I tried to make music, it just just felt contrived to me. It felt like I was just trying too hard. And I was always, I mean, it was one of, one of the biggest questions of my youth was like, how do you get to that place where you're making things that are truly original? I saw people around me that had that clear spark, like even young people that would just make things. That I was like, where did that come from? How did you do that? For me, it was always, it just felt like I was faking all the time. So I, I was just constantly thinking about that and sort of on a quest to figure out how to tap into that place, how to stop imitating and instead start expressing real parts of me. Because I was such an emotional kid. I mean, I had just so many emotions that it was so overwhelming. And I really had no outlet for those things for almost all of my youth. I mean, I had extreme depression, bipolar, mania, like panic attacks, things like that. And, and I just had to like weather them and suffer through them without really any way to sort of put them into the real world. When I was 18, I dropped out of school and bought a motorcycle. I was just sort of having this existential crisis. And I just left and started driving around the US. I ended up in Reno, Nevada. Met a bunch of kids there that were street artists. I, they just epitomized kind of what I was talking about. Like They just did things just because. They Every piece of art that they created, it was just because they wanted to. It wasn't trying to copy anything else. I mean, you know, everything at the end of the day is is made from our influences, you know. So everything you could argue is a sort of copy of anything else that's been made. You know, the old saying, like, you, you can never write a new song. Everything's already been written. But there's a, a clear difference between doing that consciously, like, oh, I want to make a song like this, and doing it from a place where you're just kind of drawing it up from underneath. And I felt like these kids were just, yeah, just they were living in such an authentic way to them, just not caring about what other people think, not caring about what anybody thought about the art that they were creating. And that just stuck with me so hard. I remember writing in my journal around that time that I felt like I just had this like stormy, tumultuous ocean of feeling and emotions inside of me. And they were just like corked up. Like there was nowhere for it to go. It was just like building up all this pressure inside of me. And I was just writing and like, how do I get this out? So I went back to my hometown in North Carolina and I had nothing to do for like three months. I was gonna start school again, and uh, but I was just home for a while. And I decided to actually start doing street art. and. The first piece that I did, it was just the same stuff that I had run into with music where I I just made something and it was like, he's trying so hard just to like be deep or, you know, to get, get people in some sort of way. And I was just like, just at the end of my rope, like this is not doing anything for me. This is not, this is not serving me in any sort of way. And I remember driving home from doing it, just feeling really dejected. And I saw this uh, can of cat food in my parents, the car that I was stealing to go work on these street art pieces. And I think it said like tasty fresh or something. And I just had this thought like, what if I completely stopped caring? Like did not, like whatever comes out of my mind, just do it. 
anything, the most ridiculous, the silliest, the most offensive, just whatever, like just turn off that super ego part of my brain that's trying to judge everything and just let it all come out. And my fear was always that anything I let out would just be too stupid or anything I let out would, would cross my moral boundaries and be offensive to me. So I never did that. But at this moment, I was just, I was like, why not? I mean, this, like creating art is just not working for me. I'm not feeling it right now. Let me just try whatever. I started doing that and making some of the most like ridiculous things, but I just felt this feeling of it. It was this, I was making the stupidest stuff, but I just, it felt so good not censoring myself for the first time, just being unbridled for the very first time in my life. What happened was like, I started to make sort of silly stuff and stuff that didn't make sense at first. But once I got used to that feeling of letting things flow out of me, it's like after this sort of like initial uh, you know, clog of just silly things came out, suddenly I started to make stuff that really meant a lot to me. It was really um, crucial that I was doing street art at the time because it's a type of art that you get no credit for. I wasn't telling anybody about it. It was just my thing, completely secret. And I mean, I was spending like three days, like 30 hours building these huge pieces, some of them like 40 feet across. And sometimes they would be painted over the next day. The perfect situation where the only motivation for creating it was just the act of creation. It was not other people seeing it. It, was, it wasn't even it lasting for a long time. It was just doing it to do it. And that was by far the most important moment for me in my artistic development. Fast forward like six months, I'm going to school and it's a way easier school than I was going to at first. So I just had a lot of free time. And I start, downloaded Ableton. I forgot how I heard about it, but I started making music and I just decided to apply the exact same thing to the music that I was making. And this was the first time I had made music in like six years. You know, I did it when I was a teenager, but I applied that same mentality and just made whatever I wanted. And I found that it transferred to music. And I was like, I'm, I'm making these things that I love. I'm making these things that make me feel like deep in my gut that I can't say oh, this is just me copying this person, or this sounds like this. It's just like, this doesn't sound like anything. It was so exciting for me. So incredible. So fast forward like another two years, Crywolf starts making money. I start touring. People, you know, we get successful on online and people are like, what's next? And it was like, suddenly under that amount of pressure, I sat down and tried to make music and just couldn't. I was back in that left brain. I was back in that space where I'm trying to make something for somebody else, where I'm trying to trying to do this particular thing and like trying to use my analytical brain to do it. And I realized at that time that if I wanted to do music as a career, if I wanted to be able to dependably get down to that deep place over and over and over again, if I didn't want to be just a standard run-of-the-mill artist just making pop music or something, I needed to create a system for getting to that place. And, you know, I'd been wondering this whole time, like, what was the difference? What What's the difference between when I was making street art and I was when I was making music from that deep place. And then now, when I make music from that other place, that analytical place, it's so bad. It's so, so bad. I just realized I, I needed to figure out, even if it was a really long system, I needed to figure out a way that I could rest assured I can get to that place over and over again. Instead of being the sort of tortured artist that's just sitting around for years, like, I'm not inspired. I don't know. I don't know. I just can't. That was how the system came about was me needing to be able to get to that place over and over again. Because as an artist, I mean, 
especially as an artist up and coming in the industry, you have to be able to to execute. You have to be able to do stuff. And if you want to be the sort of artist that is not putting out derivative stuff, if you want to be the sort of artist that is pushing the boundaries and making original stuff, you have to be able to get to that deep, authentic place over and over again. So one thing that I've heard from talking to multiple producers, multiple artists, really not even just musicians in general, but people that are artists in in general, they've come up, they've, they've said these things before, and I've heard it from multiple multiple people saying this state of flow, this special feeling that you have, right? This creative space that you get into that when it hits, you know, you need to treat it almost sacredly and go and act on that, you know, when it, when it comes up, but, but you can't call it up by will. It's only, it's ethereal. It's just, when it shows up, that's when you need to leverage it. And when it's gone, you just kind of deal with it. But from what you're saying is that it's not, it doesn't have to be like that. It's just a muscle. It's something that you can tap into and create an atmosphere for it to to rise out pretty systematically, right? Yeah, yeah. I think um, the old way of thinking about it is, or like the traditional musician way of thinking about it, is that inspiration is just something you have to kind of wait around for. You have to just wait until it hits. And if it doesn't hit, you just can't make anything. Through all of my research and introspection and experience and the experience of others that I've given this system to, I've seen that that's just not true. The people that are waiting around for it and can't get it are the people that are not willing to put their axe to the grindstone and just put the work in. I think something that people don't realize is how bottomless their reservoir of inspiration is, how much stuff is inside of them. Like every person has such a unique perspective on the world. Every single person has had such an eclectic mix of things happen to them. No two people have the exact same stuff deep inside of them. They might have the same ideas on the surface. They might have the same aesthetics and the same, you know, like kind of this uh, group mentality of, of conforming to each other on the surface. But every person has such a unique and interesting story underneath. And a really unique well of things that they can bring to the table creatively. So it's not something where it's like, if something's not happening in my life right now, if I'm not in love or if I'm not going through this huge heartbreak or something, then I don't have anything to write about. There's so much underneath there if you're just willing to actually dig down and put the effort into uncovering it. You look at a lot of musicians and they see it in this sort of, oh, the inspiration's there or it's not kind of way. But if you look if you read the biographies of famous writers or really just look up writing advice from any famous writer, what do they tell you every single time? They say, inspiration is for amateurs. Getting those, those feelings of, oh, suddenly I'm inspired, run to the thing, <sighs> you know, which I've had plenty of times. That's an amazing feeling. But that's for people who are doing it as a hobby. Every famous writer, what they'll tell you is write every single day spend time writing, whether it's terrible, whether it's amazing. And that's really one of the foundations of this system, is taking away that judgmental part of your brain that only wants to make gold, only wants to write the best stuff you've ever written. Take away that part and allow yourself to to ease your burden and just be like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to create whether it's terrible, whether it's amazing, I'm just going to, the, the only, my only responsibility is just showing up and doing it. And that's sort of what this whole 30-day system is about taking. And it's, it's so short. I'm not asking people, you don't have to commit, you know, to doing it even for a year, just for one month, trying, doing this repeatedly every single day. I've never given this system to somebody. I've never done it myself without 
that deep creativity welling up. And it's like the same feeling as when you get that inspiration, but you don't have to wait around for it. You're creating the right environment for it to grow. And it always does every single time. So I have talked to people about this kind of, this, these two different paths, right? Path number one, like we were talking about, you wait for the inspiration to hit and then you go and you, and you create from that. Path number two, like you were saying, you have a system in place to be able to kind of force the hand of creativity. And what they've said, at least from what I've heard, is that path number one, though more rare, will yield more of an authentic creation. But from what you're saying, I don't think that's true either. I believe that actually path number two would yield more of the authentic creation. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, if people are trying to force it and they're having these super high standards for what they have to create, that will lead to much more derivative material because you're sitting there and you're like, I have to make something amazing. Okay, let me look at what I've done before. Copying things doesn't have to be from just other people. You can copy from yourself. If you're looking at the old stuff you've done and being like, okay, uh, that song was popular. Let me try to make another song like that. I mean, and I've gotten into this myself so many times. It's not like I realized this stuff and then just popped out of it. Like still to this day, every time I write, every time I do one of these song a day periods, I deal with the same stuff. I'm like, look at this song that I made that was popular. Look at this one that people connected with. And look at this one that people didn't connect with. Okay, let me steer it towards this. I start writing something that's more like this one. And I'm like, I don't know. Remember, people didn't like that. And it's like, you just have to get to the place where you're not allowing any of that to enter your mind, where you're not judging it at all. So I think usually when people are trying to force themselves, that it's also coming with a certain amount of judgment. And that's what makes it worse. Um, but when you approach with just the mentality of, I just need to sit down and write, no matter what comes out, even if I write like, like Mbop part two or something, I'm going to be completely fine with it. That's when you're like, deep unconscious self feels free to come out. Your right brain self feels free to come out without judgment. It always does. It always has for me and it has for everybody else that I've given this to. So, I mean, I'm sure some people, especially if that analytical judgmental part is super deeply ingrained, some people might not be able to get over that. But in 30 days, I mean, that's so many times that you're reinforcing that. Like, even if it takes 20 days to get to that point and then the last 10 days you're finally pulling from that place for a lot of people that'll be the first time that they've ever done it and for other people that will be such a refreshing realization like yeah i have to spend 20 days but i get these 10 days of pulling up that gold and most people are making like one song every month if they're just waiting for the inspiration they're making one song a month one song every two months i mean still even if just two out of those 10 songs or three out of those those 10. I mean, that's assuming you take 20 days to get to it. Even if just a couple of those are really, really good, the system's absolutely worth it. I mean, you still create, a lot of people, even if it was just three songs, they've still created way more than they would normally create in a month. What's up, Don Nation? I hope you enjoyed that episode uh, that we took from the Cryo Masterclass from the first few videos of the Cryo Masterclass. And if you want to join the Cryo Masterclass, if you loved what you heard and you want more of it, and you are absolutely convinced that you need a system for creation in order to have a full-time music career, and if you're ready to learn how to make 30 songs in 30 days, plus getting seven extra bonuses that comes with the Cryo Masterclass and getting 40% off the original price, then go ahead and head on over to donation.net slash crywolf 
month masterclass. Okay, and this sale is going to be going on for the next three days. So from October 29th to October 31st, you can join the Cryo Masterclass for 40% off, which is absolutely insane. And of course, after the sale ends, the price is going to shoot back up and there is nothing that we can do at that point. You'll have to pay the full price if you want to join after the 31st. Anyways, Don Nation, like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, this is just the first episode that is coming out this weekend. The second episode is going to be coming out tomorrow on Saturday, and then the third one is going to be coming out on Sunday. All of them have to do with the Cryoff Masterclass. All of them are filled with gems and nuggets and everything that is so, 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 so good. And so stay on the lookout for those. Those are going to be coming. But with that being said, Don Nation, we'll see you in the next episode.